Welcome to Women Who Move Nations, the public transport podcast, where we interview our industry's top female executives from Australia, New Zealand, and around the world. I'm Michelle Batsis, your host and the Chief Executive Officer of the Public Transport Association, Australia, New Zealand. We're raising the voices of women for everyone who works in public transport and mobility, and particularly for any of our listeners who are early in their transport careers and looking for inspiration. Each of our guests shares her views on the future of public transport and provides insights into their career journeys. Make sure you follow Women Who Move Nations on your favorite podcast platform and rate the show to help more people find us. You can also join our community on LinkedIn by searching Public Transport Association Australia New Zealand. We're also on Twitter at PTAANZ underscore or visit us at www.ptaanz.org. Thanks for listening and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of Women Who Move Nations, the public transport podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Batsis, and I'm absolutely delighted today to be joined by one of the most senior women in public transport in the United States and indeed the world, Stephanie Wiggins, the Chief Executive Officer of LA Metro. Stephanie, hello, and thanks so much for joining me today. Hi, Michelle. Stephanie, you're an absolute trailblazer, and I'm so excited to hear about the work you're leading at LA Metro and also to hear more about your career journey in this podcast episode. And to start with, can you tell us about your current role and your key focus areas? Well, thank you so much for having me here today, Michelle. It's an honor to be able to participate in this series. And I want you to know how much I value the work undertaken by the International Association of Public Transport. So I am the new CEO of Los Angeles Metro, the third largest transit agency in the United States. And LA Metro is the lead transportation planning programming, and mobility agency for Los Angeles County. So as a CEO, I manage an annual budget of $8 billion U.S. and oversee $21 billion in capital projects and provide oversight of an agency that currently transports more than 730,000 boarding passengers on an average weekday. And Michelle, pre-COVID, we were over at 1.2 1.2 million. So we have a fleet of over 2,000 clean air buses and six rail lines that we operate. I began this role in June of this year, and I just completed my first 90 days in this role. So, you know, when I think about my focus areas, let me start with my moonshot vision for the agency. And it really is to make LA Metro the first choice for transportation that people think about. I see this as a core value for LA Metro and a touchstone to remind us why we do what we do every day. The reality is, I think, Michelle, the more outstanding a person's experience is with our system, the more likely they will be to ride again and again. So my key focus areas are recovering from this global pandemic, everything that we're doing in the industry, quite frankly, restoring our service levels, focusing on providing a clean, fast, safe, and connected system. I am laser focused on this because this pandemic continues to disproportionately affect marginalized communities and people of color. And both of the efforts can be achieved by LA Metro, uh, keeping people and equity front and center in all we do. Another focus area is preparing for the 2028 Olympic and Paralympic Games. And so 
with our commitment to our people and our focus on equity, innovation, and delivering world-class mobility to the LA region, Metro will help the mega region achieve a truly equitable recovery from this pandemic. Wow, Stephanie, that is actually really inspiring to hear about. And I've got to say, I love this idea around making transport at LA Metro the first choice. The pandemic has been such a huge disruptor. We've seen that around the world. It's affected ridership levels in every city and car use has gone up. And I think that there's a real challenge now, but also an opportunity for transport authorities and agencies to really look at how they can make public transport more attractive. And I'm really keen to hear more about some of the issues you've spoken about, particularly around equity, which I'm really passionate about, and also how you're preparing for the Olympics. But before I ask you a little more about that, I actually wanted to ask you a bit about your career. So you've said that you started as the CEO at LA Metro in June. Can you tell us a bit around how did you end up being the CEO of LA Metro? What were you doing previously? I know that you actually were with the organization in the past and you've come back. So it'd be great to hear also about your motivation behind and how this background that you've had prepared you to be the CEO of one of the largest transit agencies in the US. Well, thank you, Michelle. Yes, I was employed here for 10 years. My last role here was deputy CEO for LA Metro for four years. So this role is a bit of a homecoming for me. I am truly excited to be back. Uh, This pandemic has been more than a crisis in time. It truly has been a disruption. And one of the positive impacts of this global pandemic is to really make the invisible visible, and that is elevating the role that transportation does and plays empowering our society. It moves people to and from jobs. It actually provides jobs for our people. It is constantly on the front lines of innovation and it keeps people connected. I understood that early in my career and the future of the transportation sector is even more exciting now. So I have to admit, Michelle, I didn't grow up wanting to be in transportation. I kind of fell into this industry by accident. It began as a temporary assignment that has turned into a lifelong passion to do work that positively impacts communities through mobility. I've watched transportation evolve over the course of my career, and I am thrilled about what LA Metro can deliver for the future of the mega region. That's so exciting to hear, Stephanie. Really interesting reflection because most people say to me that it's not like they were a child and thought, I'm going to work in transport one day, right? It is a a career path that many people fall into, but once they do, they never leave because of how important the work is and how you can see the impact of, of the work that you do, particularly for those people who might not have other choices as well around mobility and how they can get around to access jobs and school and health services and their recreation activities. So exciting to hear how passionate you are about it. And I wanted to ask you, so given the kind of extensive background you've had in transit, And the fact you were at Metro previously as Deputy CEO, I'd love to hear more about some of the accomplishments at Metro that you've been involved with or led and what you're most proud of. Wow. Well, I have to say that when I think about the accomplishments at LA Metro, particularly when I was here um, the first 10 years, I actually came to Metro to really be the executive overseeing our first deployment of congestion pricing 
on our freeways, particularly our car-obsessed uh, culture of L.A. County. So it was an innovative pilot at the time. And when I reflect on career-defining moments, really having the real privilege and honor of leading a project um, that was uh, very risky and the first of its kind for L.A. County, it's been a uh, one of the highest accomplishments I can uh, relate to for my career. So we launched our first high occupancy toll lanes on two of our busiest freeways. We improved travel times and reliability on those corridors. And next year, Michelle, it'll be 10 years in operations. Very exciting. We also implemented equity at the center of this program early in the environmental process. We conducted uh, an early equity assessment and we incorporated low-income discounts into our program. One of the first in the U.S., one of the first high occupancy toll lane programs in the U.S. to provide that type of equity element. So, you know, the express lanes, which is what we brand this particular congestion pricing project. It was really a transformative, disruptive idea. And really, the other exciting element of the Express Lanes program is it improved transit speeds for our express buses, our BRT that operate on those freeway corridors, and increased transit ridership. It also, since day one of the operation of the Express Lanes, has not had to rely on any uh, taxpayer dollars to fund the operation. It is fully self-sustaining and the users actually pay for the O&M and generate net toll revenue that's reinvested in the community and in mobility. So really excited about that. I will also say I was fortunate after the success of the express lanes to be promoted within LA Metro to be uh, the chief of vendor contract management. And I remember saying to the CEO at the time that I don't know if anyone's become CEO by first being the head of procurement, but boy, was that a redirection in my career that was welcome. I learned so much about the business of the business. And what I've learned in my career, when people want to get access to the C-suite, that's, I think, a defining element of really understanding the business. By overseeing procurement, I got exposure to the entire agency also elevated relationships with the private sector. And really one of the major accomplishments that I'm proud of in that role was overseeing the expanded inclusive procurement opportunities by creating new initiatives to build capacity for small businesses and local hiring. So basically, I was really able to get an upfront view of the role transportation plays and really being a catalyst for stimulating our local economy. Yeah, that's so great. The congestion pricing initiative is so excellent, actually, and great example of how you can make a change, which really has such a big difference. I mean, the fact that it's financially self-sustaining as well uh, is so incredible. I know it's an issue that really is now on the agenda of many cities around the world. So I think it's one of the kind of key trends to watch. But also really interesting, your reflections around how that experience managing procurement really gave you that understanding of the business. So yeah, thank you so much for sharing on that. I was now going to ask you, Stephanie, to reflect on your short-term priorities at LA Metro. And I know actually you touched on these at the start, but if there's anything more you wanted to add around, you know, as the new CEO, you've come in, you've said you've been here 90 days. What in the short term 
are the kind of key activities or goals that you're focused on? Sure. Obviously, first and foremost is restoring uh, service levels as we recover from the pandemic. That's critical. But it also is clear to me that I really want to work on really reframing the culture to center the customer at the heart of everything that we do. The customer experience, I think, is critical. And so I will be working on, and as a short-term goal, really operationalizing our first ever customer experience plan. And then I think as part of that customer experience plan, I'm also excited because I know UITP has done a lot of work in this area, is we are advancing within the next few months, our first ever gender action plan, really as a best practice, modeling some of the gender initiative work in other countries we will be sharing our first ever gender action plan that we can also operationalize. And I think the third area that I'm really excited about really leading or inspiring to be created within LA Metro within the first three to six months is I've looked around and listened, done a lot of listening and recognize that when we talk about, you know, our goals and some of the lessons learned from the pandemic, from equity, sustainability, the importance of mobility and accessing opportunity. We've done a lot to advance our engagement and outreach, but there is one voice that we don't really have at the table. And so we are in the process of launching our first ever youth council to really engage youth age 14 to 17 in the aspects of policymaking, identifying service corridors, and equally important, getting them established and really invested in becoming lifelong writers. You may have heard, Michelle, that we have been exploring for almost a year the concept of fearless on our system. And one of the first categories of fearless that I hope that our board launches later this month is actually fearless for those who are in K through 12. So it's really exciting to really, really formally and intentionally engage this community of writers that I think can really help advance uh, the transformation of our system. That is so exciting to hear that you're launching a youth council. And indeed, I think there's something really powerful, right, about the behaviours that you can make sticky with children and teenagers, because we do know that when they're used to catching transit at school, then that actually can translate into longer term behavior and use of transport. So I think that's really great. I'm very excited to see how that pans out and how their ideas can inform the design of your network as well. One of the other questions I had, Stephanie, really relates actually to this concept of equity that you've mentioned a number of times, and I think is becoming more and more of a trend in terms of thinking in public transport around the world, that it's not just about the commuters who are traveling in the AM and PM peaks. And indeed, actually, because of the working from home and virtual remote practices that we've seen taken up during COVID, transit is so much more than that. It's really that broader network. It's about how do you enable as many people as possible to have the options that they need to get to where they need to go. And one of the issues I wanted to talk to you about 
is homelessness. And I know that that's a major concern in Los Angeles. And indeed, you know, I think that that's an, an issue that for some time, you know, other cities have been aware of that is a problem in LA. And I wanted to ask you, what is LA Metro's role in helping to solve homelessness and crime or supporting initiatives in that space? Well, thank you, Michelle, for the question. I do think addressing homelessness is the issue of our time, particularly here in Los Angeles County. And it's um, interesting that you frame the question around equity, because I hope equity is more than a trend, that it really becomes part of the DNA of how all transit systems operate around the globe. Um, Because I think what equity does when it's truly integrated and it's part of the institutional makeup of an organization and its policies, it really gets us to shift to look at outcomes as opposed to just outputs. And so For the homeless situation, I will tell you, Michelle, a few years ago, I remember uh, being at LA Metro as the deputy CEO and getting a presentation from subject matter experts external to the agency around homeless issues. And I really thought that the homeless issue was not our issue. It was for other people to deal with. And now fast forward, you know, I've evolved in my thinking and thinking about equity and outcomes and how we're all interconnected. We do have a role to play in addressing the homeless issue on our system. It is a very complex and a deep challenge that we see on our system every day. We see people in difficult stages of life and some dealing with acute mental health issues. And what we've done at LA Metro is we're in the process of really evolving our approach to this. I think initially we saw it as a system security issue. And now I recognize that to address the homeless issue on our system, we really have to reposition our approach on this. Um, It really is not a crime to be homeless. And so we are pursuing new and bold and more effective ways of addressing the issue of the unhoused. And we are leaning in on really partnering with experts in social services and mental health on really focusing on homeless outreach. It's just not my priority. It's my new board chair's priority as well. And so what that means for LA Metro is, number one, I want to reduce our over-reliance on law enforcement as the primary way of dealing with the unhoused on our system. Uh, The way our system is so spread out and the number of riders that we have Today on our system, if someone's having a cognitive crisis or they need outreach, they're more likely to be responded to by someone in uniform rather than someone in social service and who can actually help them get the services that they need. So we are reprioritizing and reorganizing first internally. I am setting up a new homeless outreach unit and I'm moving that unit moving it away from the system security department and moving it to our customer care unit, uh, which will be part of our newly established customer experience department. Really, again, this paradigm shift in our approach on addressing the situation. We are also in the process of exploring transit ambassadors who will be trained in homeless outreach, who can really 
provide the necessary services that unhoused people need on our system. That means we'll be collaborating with significantly more partners than we do today that are experts in this area. And these local organizations can really be effective partners with this in dealing with these difficult issues. Our top priority is to make sure that we address this issue on our system with compassion and dignity. Uh, because what we found, Michelle, is that most people who are unhoused on our system are really there for shelter. And so we think we have a responsibility to play in not only helping them with shelter, but potentially even employment so they get the services they need. And of course, those who are there for transport, we are committed to getting them there safely as well. So I'm really excited about this new approach, but it is a paradigm shift that first starts internally with our culture and then externally with expanding our partnerships. Wow, Stephanie, I've got to say I'm blown away and I really want to thank you for your leadership in this space. I think it's such an important conversation for transit agencies around the world to be having. Homelessness is an increasing issue in lots of major cities and I think the focus around how to work with other agencies and other services actually to support the issue is so important. So yeah, I just want to say it's really exciting to hear. It's actually an issue that's really close personally to my heart. In a previous life, I was a lawyer and I spent a lot of time volunteering to help homeless people. And um, you know, it's such an important issue and and we have, I think, a real obligation in our sector to support that. So That's really great to hear about the work you're leading at LA Metro and what you're planning to do in that space. Thank you, Michelle. Stephanie, there are so many exciting things that you're leading at LA Metro. And I actually wanted to come back to the COVID-19 conversation and, and the impact that the pandemic's had. You outlined some of the ridership statistics and how those levels have dropped in LA. And, and I think that it is globally impacted every transit network around the world. And I wanted to ask you, how are you thinking that you're going to focus efforts to recover from the pandemic and get people back on public transport? And indeed, is that the main goal around getting people back or is it broader than that? Wow, it's a big question, Michelle. The first thought that comes to me when I think about the impact of the pandemic, I really think about our people. We uh, tragically have lost 11 of our employees to COVID. And over a thousand of our 11,000 employees have been infected by it. So it is something that we're dealing with even today, continuing. And, you know, the trauma that that brings on the workforce. So, first and foremost, I think about the people and how do I ensure this workforce is still taken care of, that we're providing a safe place for people to work. And we recognize their dedication and commitment for. Many of them, Michelle, have been coming to work every day over the last 18 months. And that's kind of been something that's been um, close to my heart as I've gone out over these last 90 days to meet the employees. So I just wanted to start with that because that kind of touched me in your question. When I think about recovering from the pandemic, getting people back on public transport, I really think, and I think you've probably heard this as well, it is not going back to the way things used to be. I think there's a tremendous opportunity for us to build back better 
So we just don't get people back. We actually thrive and attract more people to our system. So it's really how do we make the system more attractive than it was pre-pandemic? One of the opportunities we have undertaken during these last 18 months is we move forward with our route restructuring of our bus network. It was the first time we've done it in over 25 years. And so we are at the tail end of restructuring our routes to be more responsive to the needs of our riders. We're excited about that. We also leverage this downtime to work with our city partners, our local jurisdictions to add more bus only lanes, peak hour bus only lanes specifically to speed up the travel times for our bus network. Uh, Really exciting that we're able to use the pandemic and the learnings from the pandemic to really cut through red tape and really work to accelerate providing reliable and better service for our riders. I think, you know, the pandemic is an opportunity to really question the way we deliver all of our services. We also moved forward just about seven months ago with on-demand transit. So our first ever entree into micro-mobility has been very exciting and has actually created some buzz within uh, the residents and the visitors in LA County. We recognize coming out of the pandemic that we are more than just in the bus and rail business. We have bike share, we have van pools, we are active in uh, walkability, first last mile, our express lanes and more. And so we want to make sure that we are the mobility agency and meeting the needs for all of our residents to help them get to where they need to go when they need to get there. We are leaning into technology. We are renewing our focus on the customer experience. And so I could go on, but I want to say the other element that has been significant that we are looking at is what role teleworking has played or telecommuting has played during the pandemic and how that will also change rider behavior and opportunities. And so on the one hand, the positive part of remote work or telecommuting is that you have less congestion, which is great. The opportunity there then is to highlight to more people the benefits of taking transit whether it's for leisure activity, for work destinations, recreational visits, it really opens us up to reintroduce ourselves to LA County residents. So there's lots to do. That's the excitement. And the challenge, Michelle, is that there's lots to do. There certainly is. And you have such a big agenda. Really exciting to hear about. And I actually really love the reframing around being a mobility agency. I think that that is just so forward looking because we know that there are new mobility players, there are opportunities for different partnerships. And indeed, I know that LA Metro has done some amazing work in your innovation office. I think it's the Office of Extraordinary Innovation. Correct me if I'm wrong. But, uh, you know, I think that's really exciting and really sets a new vision as well around how we think about transport options for people. You are right. It's our Office of Extraordinary Innovation. 
Yeah, we actually had Joshua Shank from your office come out here a couple of years ago and he completely just inspired everyone um, around what the opportunities are. So we've been following LA Metro really closely. And I just want to say, so you've set out so many, I think, really important priorities. You've got a big agenda, but there's something else I wanted to talk to you about, right, which is also on your agenda, and that's the Olympic and Paralympic Games. And I've got to say, this is something that particularly for us in Australia, we're super interested in because we actually recently have won the rights to host the Olympic Games uh, in Brisbane in 2032. And we're really interested in hearing from you around what are you doing to build, improve public transport services? How are you preparing for the Games? And because it's such a big opportunity, right, to actually use it to accelerate, I think, investment and improvements in the network. Uh, and, of course, the big question is, you know, will you be ready for it? It's in 2028. It's actually only a few years away. So I'd love to hear more about that. Sure. Well, first, Michelle, let me say congratulations. I think it is so exciting to be named as a host to the Games. And I've always felt that the Olympic and Paralympic Games, it really comes with it some magic fairy dust that just gets everyone excited, more willing to look at creativity and innovation to make sure that when you're on that world stage, you're providing the best transit experience possible. First, let me tell you, we are going to be ready. I'm committed to being ready. It's just seven years away. You know, we are preparing now. We've established a formal task force, both within the agency, as well as going to develop a task force that's regional for all the transit operators within Southern California, because this is an opportunity for all of us. We are so excited about hosting in particular because the organizers for LA28 have decided that they want the games for spectators to be car-free, right? So you're not going to be allowed to actually park at the venues. That's an incredible opportunity to showcase our transport system to the world. It also is an incredible challenge. And so what we are doing is we're fortunate because we have a pretty exciting sports economy that has developed over the last few years. And so we are going to be hosting a number of world stage sporting events well before the Olympics that actually gives us an opportunity to test out innovation Uh, We're hosting our Super Bowl in February of next year. Uh, We we hope to host the FIFA World Cup in a few years, but there'll be a, a, a number of significant events leading up to the Olympic and Paralympic Games that really are, it's an incredible opportunity to really test out new innovation. So some of the challenges as well are the basic ones of coordinating with all of the partners. But let me tell you, I really believe It's worth the effort up front to coordinate early and often so we can provide the best experience to our writers. And then a funding has been a challenge due to the impact of COVID. And so, you know, we are evaluating our strategies on uh, mitigating those impacts. 
and it is an opportunity to accelerate our capital program. Michelle, there are a couple of mega projects that were on our schedule to deliver after the Olympics, and we are really leaning in and working with our partners to see what can we do to accelerate those projects so that they are open in time to host the world. So I just agree with you. The excitement is palpable. It is an opportunity to really think creatively. And what we know for sure in LA, because we've had the privilege of hosting in 84 and uh, even before 1984, is that the investments in the infrastructure that are made to support the games last for generations. We are still benefiting from the investments in 84. And I anticipate that will be the same here for us in 2028. And I know it will be the same for you in 2032. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's uh, really amazing how the Games provides an opportunity to accelerate some of that innovation and investment too. And I wanted to ask you just a little bit more around your infrastructure program. You mentioned at the start of the episode, you have a $20 billion capital program. That is huge. And I think it's really interesting in the context of, you know, I know that LA has traditionally been a car city, right? And in Australia, we are a car country. The dream still is to have two cars in the driveway. And so it's a constant battle around how do you win that public transport modal share? And so I wanted to ask you if you could share a bit more about your multi-billion dollar infrastructure program and how you're going to use that to improve public transport services. Thank you, Michelle. We do have an ambitious capital plan At LA Metro, I think we have the largest public works program in the country among transit agencies. And we've been busy even during the pandemic. We continue to advance our mega projects. We have six mega projects and our definition of mega is any project that's over a billion dollars. We have six that are currently in construction, three light rail and three sections of a subway extension. And then next year in 2022, we are really going to lead into alternative delivery methods. And we are, you know, evolving our thinking on how to deliver these very complex, large projects in a way that invites competition from the private sector and really attracts more people to see us as a client of choice. So really excited about really leaning in and using progressive design build and construction management general contractor delivery methods for two of our upcoming mega projects. A light rail project called the East San Fernando Valley Line will go out to bid next year, as well as another progressive design build project that will speed up our very popular Orange Line bus rapid transit project by really installing grade separations throughout over 30 street crossings. So we also have our premier station, Union Station. That is a billion dollar plus project that's going to leverage again um, CMGC as a delivery method for us. It's the busiest transit hub in Southern California, uh, if not west of the Mississippi, I would say. So I think the exciting part of our of our capital program, it is huge, but we recognize in order to have a partnership with the industry and to really balance risk sharing, 
with the industry. We're really accepting new delivery methods or alternative delivery methods. So we're excited about that program and look forward to working with the industry on really delivering a very transformative program for our region in LA County. Yeah, amazing. It's so exciting to hear about all the work you're doing. And I've got to say, it's really setting a progressive agenda and really excited to see how that is delivered. And certainly, I think many other cities will be really inspired and have a lot to learn. So really excited, Stephanie, to to see how that journey pans out and to see the city once that infrastructure is in place. Stephanie, I now wanted to change the direction of the conversation and hear more about your leadership style and your career. I've actually got just a few questions before we wrap up, which is really more around your leadership and career. And I think this is really important, particularly for our listeners out there who I think maybe are, you know, reflecting on their journeys and their own professional opportunities that they have in the transport sector. And the first question I wanted to ask you was around your leadership style. And could you share some reflections around what's important to you as a leader and how that makes you most effective in your job? Well, my leadership style, I I like to say, I think I'm a transformative leader. I will tell you, leading through a pandemic really gets you up and close with your leadership style. And my previous role was as a CEO for Metrolink, uh, a commuter rail agency in California. And one of the nicest compliments I received from one of my direct reports before I left the organization was that I was the type of leader that was intentional, invested, and determined. And I really thought that was a compliment about my leadership style. I will say that I really am focused on results and I am strategic and vision oriented. And I love really advancing new initiatives and doing in a way that prioritizes collaboration and coordination with all the partners who are involved. So I think my brand, my leadership brands in particular is one of a collaborator and someone who is an active listener. And that has served me well through my career. Yeah. Wow, Stephanie, that's really inspiring to hear. And I think this concept about being a listener is really important as well. We're often talking about collaboration and how, you know, we need to work with other people in order to achieve outcomes on the transit networks and for people. But I think that's really important, this concept around listening. So thanks for sharing on that. I wanted to ask you as well, because I think it's really interesting, the career journey that you've had. Did you start out and are you a planner? This is one of my favorite questions to ask our guests because everyone has a different perspective. And I'd love to hear more around how do you make your career choices and do you have like that five or 10 year plan or are you just considering the opportunities as they come along your way? That's really interesting. I actually, as I reflect on my career, I really did not feel that I had a option for a five to 10 year plan. Michelle, as you know, I am a woman and a woman of color. And so advancing my career, I don't think the traditional methods were as available to me as they may for other folks. So I really felt like 
I wanted to be a generalist. And I really resisted being labeled by people in terms of, I started in the finance department. So I did not want people to just label me as a, a financial analyst. And then I got to move to administration and then on the policy side. And then even with the express lanes and getting involved in tolling and having success there, people couldn't couldn't imagine why I would want to leave the tolling industry. So I've really felt that I chased the experience. I never chased the title. And that is really what drove my career choice. And as I shared about being the head of procurement, that was not a career choice. And it wasn't the experience I thought I wanted, but it was the experience I was looking for. I wanted to leverage the lessons learned. I knew that I could do more and I wanted to do more. I just didn't realize I would be in procurement. And again, it was the best choice I've ever made. Uh, But yeah, I'm one who really has chased the experience. That's been my plan. I love that, that you've chased the experience. And I think a really interesting reflection. So thank you so much for sharing, Stephanie. My final question today is for our listeners, wherever they are, Everyone is always interested in hearing about advice and insights, and you have given so many today, but I wanted to ask you as the final question, what advice would you have for our listeners who might be early on in their career in public transport and mobility? I would say my best advice is to choose courage. I really would encourage you to move beyond your comfort zone because when I think about the choices I've made, when I've moved beyond my comfort zone, that's really when I have grown. So as a young woman, I would uh, listen to that internal voice that was always filled with self-doubt. I would tell you today to tell your inner voice to stop it and reach beyond your comfort zone. The opportunities are endless when you do that. Stephanie, I have goosebumps from hearing that advice. I absolutely love it. I hope that our listeners out there embrace it because I think it is so important. I want to say thank you so much. I've come to the end of my questions. We really appreciate you joining us today. It has been incredible to hear your insights as a leader of one of the biggest transit agencies in America, one of the leading cities in the world. Uh, I really hope that we'll be able to get to LA for another study tour and perhaps we'll see how the preparations for the Olympic and Paralympic Games are going. Until then, Stephanie, take care, stay safe and goodbye. Thank you so much, Michelle. I'm going to plan to go to Brisbane now. We would love to host you. And there are so many great projects and innovations going on in Australia and public transport. We'll do a tour. Lovely. I I can't wait. That was Stephanie Wiggins, the Chief Executive Officer of LA Metro. I'm your host, Michelle Batsis. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Women Who Move Nations, the public transport podcast. I hope you'll tune in again soon. Thank you for listening to Women Who Move Nations, the public transport podcast. This series is produced by Dylan Adler with copywriting by Sophia Dickinson. Thanks for joining us as we profile women working in public transport and sustainable mobility and inspire the next generation of female leaders. I'm Michelle Batsis. Keep safe and keep our nations moving.